You're listening to a podcast from Burley Heads Church of Christ, from Burley Heads on the Gold Coast. What if, for you guys it'd be pretty exciting, like what if he forgets? This will be fun, so. <laughs> um, I preached at uh, Southport Church of Christ last week and I really appreciate that Adam was able to come and I heard he was a blessing to us and um, it's, it's always nice, I, if you don't know, I grew up there, um, so it's nice to go home in a sense, although we, we miss here, we feel like this is our home absolutely now, um, but it's always nice to visit back and my parents go there, my brother-in-law's now on staff there, lots of family there around and my dad says to me, it just reminded me, my dad said to me, you doing that trek thing? And I laughed, he goes, you doing that trek thing? <laughs> and, I said, and I thought, my dad doesn't even know what the transformation trek is and Southport's doing it, what hope do people that isn't my own father know what I'm talking about. And so I thought, I'm going to just, if you're new, you're visiting, uh, you're not here all the time, once a month, we look at a practice of Jesus. What do I mean by that? When you get to heaven, there isn't an exam. When you get to heaven, they don't say, now, how many animals came in line when, to Abraham's ark? And then you say, yeah, two, I've got this. And then they go, nah. It was Noah, not Abraham. Go to hell. It doesn't work like that. It's not a quiz. There's no quiz when you get to heaven. There's no test. What it is, is it's already paid for. It's just accepting Jesus, his life now and eternally. And so instead, this life is solely about relationship with him and each other. Loving God, loving our neighbour. And so we just want a monthly reminder of something that Jesus spoke about, something he did that we can practice Monday morning. Sometimes it's real practical, sometimes it's abstract like this month, which is identity. And what we do, we release a booklet that has passages, small group questions, links to different teachings on this, has a bunch of exercises for you. And then if you have a family, like a young family especially, and you have time around a table, even if it's once a week, there's actually exercises for you and your family. We don't do this just to keep you busy. It's not a crossword. We're not, it's not busy work. It's work so that we can grow strong families, friendship groups, a strong church in the ways of Jesus. Does that make sense? So that's what it is, Dad. <laughs> He's not here today. But that's the Trek thing. And so today we're looking at identity, who we are. But first, a little picture. I'm going to share a bit of my testimony today. Some of you would have heard it, but some of you are new. So I want you to talk about these guys, which the funny thing is two of them were in the band today. So a little bit more grey hair or a little bit more hair. You? Yep, yeah, that's exciting, Steph. So you can probably, yeah, one of them's me, one of them's Dave. There we are, Dave and Ash over here. This is my band, my late teens. Um, I want to just tell you a little bit about, if that's all right today, a little bit about this guy, 19-year-old Steve, if that's all right. 19-year-old Steve wants to find himself, as most teenagers do. This 19-year-old Steve wants to find himself, wants to know what he's made of, wants to know who's in here, who's here. What can he climb? What can he do? Who, what is he made of? And so it actually took... 19-year-old Steve, me, don't know why I'm talking about myself in the third person, um, on a bit of a journey. Probably about, I reckon about a decade of trying to find myself, which probably ended on the other side of the world in Vancouver Island with these boys in Canada. 
where I found something. Cut ties with my family and friends and travelled to probably what I thought was the other side of the literal known world to find what I'm made of. Who am I? And I found something. This journey of self-discovery we see. Eat, pray, love, I think the book goes. Find yourself. Well, I found something. I found me. And it was really disappointing. (laughs) Great time. Great time with my mates. But at the end of it, I found me and it was really disappointing. What I wanted to find is this. That's the next picture. I wanted to find out that deep, deep inside of me was just a really cool rock star. Turns out... Deep inside of me, when I cut back friends, family, relationship, when I dug deep within myself, to be honest with you, what I found was probably a pretty selfish little man. I found me, and it was pretty disappointing. And this, unfortunately, isn't common. This is the world sermon. Dig, dig deep within yourself, and you'll find something. Do you climb that mountain, go on that trip, meet those, have those experiences? Again, I said it, eat, pray, love. <laughs> You'll find something deep within yourself if you just kind of manifest something deep in there, there's going to be something. That's what our world tells us all the time. You'll find yourself, it says. I've got some pictures of the world where the world tells us that we can find ourselves. And I want you just to reflect. None of these things are evil, by the way. It's just what the world tells you. If you dig, 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 dig into it, you'll find who you are. You've got the businessman. That if you just hurry and hustle in life, you'll find some deep identity and purpose through that. We notice politics now has become... Politics is always a good thing, but it's become your identity as if your whole being is what you vote for or the sign you hold. We're more than that. We'll get to that. But we're more than just that, surely. Church, religiosity, not Christ, religiosity. We all find ourselves in, I don't know, just our attendance, which we love church. Church is good for us. It's how we do relationship with God and each other well. But we don't do it to find ourselves. It helps But it's not everything. The religiosity of what we used to do or what we do, it can get like that. You know it. It can become its own God, the the practice of religion instead of actually Christ. I'll put this one down because I didn't instantly get cured after the rock star dream. But if I'm honest with you, this one gets me the successful megachurch pastor. I could be honest with you and say, oh, since I tried to be a rock star, I'm cured of ever finding my identity in anything else but Christ. But that would be not honest. As if I don't see what the church down the road, how many is going there. As if every single person that says, hey, Steve, we're either coming here or moving on, as if that doesn't, shouldn't, unless it's something I directly did, then maybe I need to reassess. But as if that doesn't, twist in me a little bit and go, oh, what if I was cooler? What if I was better? What if it was more as this guy is? What if I was more buff or taller? 
Would people stay or would people come or would, would... Again, not a healthy thing, but I'm being honest with you, as if I don't occasionally look over and go, do you know what? A thousand people would be pretty fun. <laughs> Thought forcing a thousand people to listen to my jokes. Pretty cool. The illusion of social media. The, I've put a mum here, but it can be a dad as well, just that you can do it all. And if you just, you have a career, you're also the perfect parent, you're also the perfect this, 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 every kid has signed up to 17 sports and 14 instruments and they're just going to do everything and you're going to be perfect and your weekends are going to be driving them all around and you're just, you're going to be, you can, then you'll have it all. This next one is really prevalent for both single people and those in relationships and just our general discussion as a world. This is just, by the way, this is the world sermon I'm telling you about at the moment. This is what you get preached Monday morning. It tells you find the one, then your whole identity will be solved. I don't want to ask for hands, but those that are married here, you know the secret that once you found your one, everything was solved, right? <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> laughing because maybe the soul needs even more than that. It's fantastic to find someone special to do life with. But it's not everything about you and your soul. How much is our world, and I'm not going to preach on this this morning, but our world makes these little things into everything. Our world is fascinated with who people sleep with now, and that's a whole identity. They can juice the human nature down to a person's attraction, making that's everything about them. Whittle us down to that. So simple question, first question today is just three questions. Who or what do you place your identity in at the moment? Because the problem with these identities are, again, not all of them are bad. Some of them have aspects of who we are, but it's not all of us. The problem with these are, is they don't satisfy. You can try to prove me wrong, that's fine, we can talk after. If you found something that satisfies, and come, tell me, I want to know. But I promise you, and thousands of years of human history tells us that and my wife, even who's in palliative care and sees people on their deathbed, will tell you that none of those things are what they wish they had more of. Nobody on their deathbed has said to Mez, I just wish I worked a bit harder. Wish I made bank. <laughs> I wish I cashed some more checks. No one said that. So here's the sad news. That stuff doesn't even satisfy your deepest part. It's been proven time and time and time and time and time and time again that you will not find satisfaction in your bank account. You will not find full satisfaction just in a lifelong partner. Although these things are not bad things, they're not everything. So who do you place? Who? And please be honest. I've been honest with you twice now. I've told you things I've struggled with and things I even struggle with today. Be honest with yourself about... Have you shifted identity this year in amongst a exiting a pandemic, 
in amongst a coming recession, in amongst really difficult, strange times, have you perhaps shifted the goalpost around your identity? Easy way to do it is think about your week, think about how you spent your hours, your time and your energy. Where is your identity placed at the moment? Not guilt, reflection this morning. Who or what? So let me offer an alternative though, because you're going, yes, yeah, Steve, maybe this morning you're saying, do you know what, I've made a little bit about this this morning. Let me offer you an alternative. If you've got your Bibles or you can look up at the screen, we've got Matthew 3, 13, 17. I want to tell you a story about Jesus. Matthew 3, 13 to 17. Let me read. Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to be baptised by John. But John tried to deter him, saying, I need to be baptised by you, and you come to me. Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfil all righteousness. And John consented. As soon as Jesus was baptised, he went up out of the water. At that moment, heaven was open and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, This is my Son, whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Let me read that again. This is my Son, whom I love with him. I am well pleased. Few of you would have heard this story before. Some of you might be new. But this is Jesus getting baptised. He doesn't get baptised because he needs to. He hasn't sinned. He doesn't need to do this. Why John's a little bit embarrassed. Like, you sure you want me to do, baptise you? He gets baptised because everything Jesus does is an example. He's showing us a way, a path to live. That 2,000 years later, we'd be sitting in a church in Burley, studying Christ's path, his way. And part of this was this moment where he gets baptised and God tells him he is with him, he is pleased. He's his son. I love this. It doesn't say, this is my son, we're expecting big things from him this year. (laughs) We know he's struggling a bit, but this is my son, he's going to get his grades up, aren't you, mate? He's got lots of options at uni this year. This is my son. (laughs) This is my son. He's 24. He already owns four houses. I am pretty well pleased. He doesn't say that, does he? Does he? He goes, this is my son whom I love. I am well pleased. Now, that's great. You might be thinking for Jesus. But this is why it's good news. This is why it's the gospel. This is why it's good news for you this morning. It's why it's good news for us because Jesus did actually go on to do some amazing things. We just celebrated that through communion. He went on and braked the void between you and the Father. He went and paid for that. He went and completed any work or any wage that needed to be paid, which is death, and made a way for you to come to the Father as a son or daughter. You just choose. You turn around and choose him. He went on to do redemptive, restoring, powerful work on the cross. So do you know what that means? This identity that's found in Jesus, this identity can be found for you. I hate the word claim. It's used in churches sometimes as if Jesus is some sort of ATM or butler or claim stuff off him, as if he's a genie. 
what? That's just me. God isn't my genie. <laughs> I don't claim things off him, except I'm going to use it in this one time. We can claim this identity. Not because you did anything special, sorry, but God, because of what he did, you can claim that identity with the creator and the purpose giver of this universe. So forget trying to prove to the world, forget trying to prove to a school friend, forget trying to prove to an enemy or rival, forget even proving to your parents, forget buying into the celebrity, competitive and consumeristic culture of 2022 that is always telling you you need to be this and do that and produce this or you're not enough. Forget it. Forget trying to even reach down and find something. Stop reaching down, trying to stop reaching in. You can keep trying, but what do they say insanity is? It's doing the same thing over and over again with the same result. Humankind has showed us that that just doesn't work. Reaching in even more. Instead, reach for Jesus. Find yourself in Jesus where the creator of the universe, the giver of your purpose and life says to you, if you accept it, this is my son or daughter. I am with them and I'm well pleased. Or as the Bible will tell us again and again, let me throw out some verses quickly. 1 John 12, oh, by the way, if I go too fast, all in here. We are called, it says, 1 John 12 says that you are God's child. Ephesians 1, 5 says you've been adopted as Christ's child. Romans 8, 1 to 2 says you're free from condemnation. Romans 8, 31 to 34 says you, I am free from com- or charges against me. Romans 5, 1 says you've been justified. 1 Corinthians 6, 17 says I'm unified with or united with him and I have one spirit with him. Ephesians 2.18 says, I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. Romans 8 says, I cannot be separated from the love of God. Romans 8 again says, I'm assured that all things work together for good. 1 Corinthians says, I've been brought with a price. I belong to God. And Colossians 1 says, I have direct access to God through the Holy Spirit. So just in case we didn't get it through this, or understand this, it's repeated right through the Bible. You can claim this identity through Christ. Stop trying to prove. And as the list goes on. John 14, 18 says this. Let me read one more verse related to this, this identity. I will not leave you as orphans, it says. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore. Just think about that orphan picture for a moment and think about the world and the news and we don't, we're, we're acting like orphans as a world. I don't need to convince you of that. We don't know what we, a lot of our news comes out of the States. One minute they're saying we've got to be proud, people need, we need to help people, America needs to help people and then the next minute they're going, we need to deconstruct America, we don't even like what we are. No one, they're like, acting like parent kids that don't know who they are. We're orphans. God says, I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you before long. The world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. On that day, you'll realize that I am in my Father and you are in me and I am in you. Whoever has my commands and keeps them is the one who loves me. 
The one who loves me will be loved by my Father and I too will love them and show myself to them. Dad will complete the works in you. Through Jesus, you're okay and you can rest in that identity. Amen? I'll give you one more example that's just personal to me. My parents do foster care. Um, A few people here in the church do foster care too. But one thing that has impacted me and impacted my two sisters because they now both have foster care kids. But I actually cringe when people see my younger brothers in the sense that they go, they try to do the maths because 20 years difference and then 24 years, 22 or 23 years difference between my youngest brother. I cringe not because of that. I cringe because I often have to explain that they're foster brothers. But to my parents, to me, they're not foster brothers. They're just my brothers. To my parents, we don't get treated any different. And I'm glad they're just, they're kids. My new nephews, I've got nephews now both with both my sisters. Some of you know Kirsten and Samal. I've got Milan. He's my nephew. There's no family gatherings. We don't make them sit over there. How ridiculous. They're family. It's not even a hard thing. They're, they're fully family. They're the greys if they choose to take that last name. God's the same. It's not a special table for you guys who are extra bad over there or have been lost. You get to sit with Jesus at the family table because you're his if you choose to be. You're part of the family. And you know what? This is why it's called gospel, which means good news, because it doesn't just end there. We're not called to just rest in that and live in that and then die. There's actually even a more of a calling, if you will, or the calling of a son or daughter of the creator. You can actually live out of that calling. You can live in that calling Monday morning, Tuesday morning even. You get to live out of this new identity. That's kind of my third point. Living out of your calling. Let me give you some passages that talk about this. Matthew, again, in here, if I'm going too fast, Matthew 5, 13 to 14, it says, You, or I am the salt and light of the earth. Ephesians 3, 12 says, I may approach God with freedom and confidence. John 15 says, I'm a branch of true vine, a channel of his life. 2 Corinthians says that you're a minister of reconciliation for God. Acts 1 says that you're a witness to Christ. Ephesians 2.10 says that you're God's workmanship. He's doing work in you. Philippians 4 says you may approach a God with freedom and confidence. 2 Corinthians says you are God's co-worker. 1 Corinthians says you are God's temple. John 15 says you're chosen and appointed to bear fruit. I want to be careful here with this last point because what I'm not saying is God has asked you to live up to this. He said to live out of it. Does that make sense? He's not going, you better not let me down. Or if I come home and, (laughs) I don't know, if I come home and the bedroom's not clean, dad's not up there going, wait till I come home and you haven't done the things I've asked. He's not living up to. He's asking us to live out of what he's already given us. Do you know what that means? That means as as we let him work within us. This is what it means. This is why it's good news. That means that from this grace, it was Pentecost Sunday last Sunday, that with this Holy Spirit, 
moving and stirring and trimming and growing us out of this identity as a son or daughter of Christ. This means that because you're forgiven, you'll naturally start to become more forgiving. That means because all debts are paid for you, you can become someone that's light and forgiving over time because dad gave it all on the cross and forgave you, we can forgive. Not we better forgive, you can forgive. Because he loves you, that's who you become. You can start loving people. Because he's generous, it shouldn't be, I've been generous, you better be generous. It's because he's given it all, you can give it all. He's got you. You can be generous. And I'm not just talking about generous to the church. To be generous just to everyone. We all know those friends that are, that are generous. There's something about them. They just hold things lightly. It's freeing. And you can be free because he's given it all. You can be generous. You can be kind. You don't have to be overly judgmental because he has been kind and cleared your judgment through Jesus. You don't have to be angry through Jesus. You don't have to be revengeful or bitter or anxious. This world is so full of anxiety at the moment, understandably. But through God, we can actually become non-anxious presences. Why are you so calm, they can ask. Why are you so relaxed, even though the world is what it is right now? Why? Because I have security in Jesus. Again, I'm a work in progress with this personally as well. But we have given an active, holistic, transformative gift of grace that we can practice. Not perform, practice. So three questions as we explore church this month, because we want to be a church that practices these things. Three questions to ask yourself. Where do you place your identity? Is it in Jesus? And then do you live out of this calling? Do you know why I... One of the reasons I'm so passionate about this this morning, or one of the reasons I think this is so important, because do you know what happens to Jesus moments after he gets this declaration from God? So Jesus gets baptised. God says to him, this is my son, I'm well pleased. Do you know what happens moments after? He fasts. But guess who's waiting there? It almost feels like the picture for me is out of the water. Guess who's waiting beside the tank? (laughs) No, it's not a tank, it's a river. But guess who's waiting there? Satan. We've been talking a lot about the devil and spiritual activity in this church at the moment. He's waiting there the moment you recognise this. So this morning you might be like, thanks, Steve. You seem pretty passionate about this. <laughs> I'm all right. I've made it a bit about this. I'm on board. Seconds out of here, what makes you think the enemy, the flesh or the world is not waiting to tell you something different? You turn on the radio or your podcast. There you go, relevancy. <laughs> Keeping with the young'uns. Podcast, whatever. That's a funny joke, you guys. Yeah, thank you. Thanks, thanks, Steph. What makes you think you don't turn that on and the world instantly says, yeah, yeah, you're not enough, though. You need this new shiny object. 
you need that second house, you need a house, you need that partner, you need this, then you'll be happy. No matter the thousands of years of testimony, writings, and the proof of Jesus and transformed people, let alone this morning's encouragement, seconds out of here will be the world's message saying you're not enough. You need to be stressed, you need to be anxious because you're not enough. The devil literally says to him, if, you're who, if you are really who God says, if you are really the son of God, it feels like seconds after that, he says that to Jesus. And so you know, moments after this morning, if you accept something afresh this morning, he's going to try to rob you of that, accuse you of that. The accuser, that's where the word Satan actually comes from, the accuser. He's going to say you need more stuff, you need more status, you need more power. Or you're not enough. So I invite you again to explore these three questions in a really serious way, knowing that the world will... Oh, you may get 40 minutes with me, 30 minutes with me. This morning is an encouragement, but the world has the rest of the time and it's going to tell you something different. And so I encourage you to have a look through this, not just treat it as a nice piece of paper I've handed out. Um, we don't just do it so you're doing stuff during the week. It's so you can practice and reflect on who you're becoming and who your identity rests with this morning. I invite you to invite the Holy Spirit to stir, to ask those hard questions. Dare ask the Holy Spirit to convict you or encourage you or challenge you this morning. In fact, let's do that. Well, let's do that now. Why don't we stand, if that's okay? And I'm not going to individually go around and tell you where you need to work on. But we're going to ask the Holy Spirit who is alive, working. We just celebrated 50 days from Easter last Sunday. So off the back of Pentecost Sunday, let me pray for the Spirit. And then I'm going to ask the band to come up. And uh, if you feel that you need prayer, love you to come down the front. Again, I say, I, uh, I don't, I'm not on commission. And so if you come down the front. I don't get these special. Jono's an elder. He's not sitting there going, oh, seven came down to front, Steve. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. All I ask for you to come down to front is because why be here this morning? If the Holy Spirit's saying something to you, why not act on it? Why not be obedient to it? Why not? Even if you've just moved a little bit off your identity, why not do that this morning? So even if you're not comfortable with the front, find someone to pray with if you'd like. Or I'd love to pray for you. James is here. John will be up there. But... Yep, no, he won't be able to pray with you, but we'd love to pray for you this morning if you feel like you just need to reconnect with that identity in Christ. Let me, let me pray, though, now. Father, just as we spend a moment this morning, just reminded of your gospel, that we are not what we produce, we are not our job title. We are not our views. We are not even our partner. Our identity doesn't rest in dreams of rock starry. <laughs> My identity doesn't rest in the size of a church or how many people come down the front. 
Our identity isn't based on what our friends whisper about us or not friends whisper about us in the workplace. Our identity isn't even made up of the last big bad mistake we made. Our regrets, our guilt, our identity rests in you. The one that knows us. The one that gave us this life and wants to give us more life. The one that left the Holy Spirit here to do work in that. And so this morning we just pray. Holy Spirit, do that work. Go to the places that are a little uncomfortable. Go to the places that are anxiety-ridden about the future. Go to the places that are stress. Go to the places that are unknown. Go to the places that we hold control, thinking that we can control a single thing in this world. And just release us, not guilt, release us of them. Give us freedom. Let us hear the words that you are pleased, that you love us, and that you are with us this morning. And no enemy, no worldly thing can take that away. Fathers, help us to live out of it and just be just walking non-anxious presences in this world. Salt and light. In Jesus' name, amen. You're welcome to come on down for prayer, but the band's going to play. We've got one more song.